0: at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get twenty dollars off your first order hey guys i have a podcast that i think you'll really enjoy proof the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by susan simpson of undisclosed and jacinda davis of evil lives here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18 year old renee ramos won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When at least police arrived, like they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder... Some cases seem doomed from the very beginning. On November 7th, 1994, a young girl was seen for the last time in a case that remains unsolved to this day. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Lindsay Joe Rimmer was born on February 17th, 1981 and lived with her parents, two sisters and brother in Hebden Bridge, West Yorkshire. At the time of her 1994 disappearance, she was just 13 years old and was a popular student at Calder High School. On the night of November 7th, 1994, at about 10 p.m., she left her home to go to the nearby supermarket and pick up a pack of cornflakes. On her way to the shop, she briefly stopped at a local pub where her mother was having a drink with a friend, and after turning down the offer to join them for a soda, She continued on her journey and was seen on CCTV footage making her purchase at 10.22 p.m. This would be the last known sighting of the young girl, and when she did not turn up for her paper route the next morning, everyone realized she never made it back home that night. Reporting her missing, police immediately speculated that Lindsay was a runaway. There were a lot of local rumors that she had been having problems at home, but even though her family vehemently denied the claims, the case was treated as such in the very beginning. To try and search for her sister and raise awareness, Katie Rimmer, along with hundreds of locals, retraced Lindsay's last known movements while investigators searched parts of a nearby canal and river that might have been along her route home. Then, on April 12, 1995, after months of questions and appeals for information, Lindsay Joe Rimmer's body was found by two local canal workers at the Rochdale Canal about a mile upstream of Hepton Bridge. Weighed down by a concrete boulder, police said that, though they searched the canal in the early stages of the investigation, they did not search the exact area where she would eventually be found. They admitted that this was a mistake and that they should have looked in the area due to the direction that the water flowed. Taken in for an autopsy, it was determined that Lindsay was likely strangled to death with such force that her voice box was flattened against the spinal column. There were no signs of sexual assault, and police believed that the murder was not of a sexual nature and that she was likely killed and put into the canal mere hours before she was reported missing the morning of November 8th. Because of the lack of sexual assault and Lindsay's cautious nature, Police stated their belief that the killer was likely someone she knew and felt comfortable enough to get in the car with them. As the case grew colder, in the late 1990s, it was investigated as part of Operation Enigma, along with that of 207 other unsolved murders of women across all of Britain. In part, the operation was created to examine any possible links between the murders and determine if there were any unidentified serial killers that could have been and still could be, at large during this time. While it did not come up with any names in Lindsay's case, it was successful in ruling out any links between her murder and the others. Then in 2000, a leading forensic psychologist named Richard Badcock told the police that the murder might actually have had a sexual element to it, and that the young girl might have been killed after she rebuffed the killer's advances. Changing the entire course of the investigation, he also said that he believed that she was killed not far from where her body was left. In the years since Lindsay Joe Rimmer's body was found, hundreds of witnesses have been interviewed and more than 5,000 individuals have been spoken to about the case. A number of convicted murderers and sex offenders were looked into, like Leanne Tiernan and John Oswin. And in 2003, it was reported that detectives were investigating a possible link between the case and the murderer, Tony King. None of these leads or theories panned out. And in 2007, writer Wensley Clarkson published a book claiming that Francisco Arc Montez, who was responsible for the highly publicized murder of Caroline Dickinson, might just be Lindsay's killer as well. Though there was information to back the claims, Lindsay's mother has said that she is, quote, highly skeptical of the theories and detectives in the case say that the book was the first time they ever heard of any possible connection. Another update came in April of 2016 when it was revealed by the West Yorkshire police that a DNA profile had been obtained by a Canadian team of forensic specialists and they were hopeful that this might lead to their killer. A few months later, on November 8th, 2016, an unnamed 63-year-old man from Bradford was arrested in connection to Lindsay's case, but was later released on bail. Another man, 68 years old, was arrested on suspicion of murder on April 25th, 2017. It doesn't seem that either of these men panned out, but in that same year, a retired detective sergeant from the Cleveland police, John Matthews, stated that a man that he questioned for the murders of Tina Bell and Julie Hogg also had connections to Hebden Bridge, and the Rimmer family. He suggested that the man, Vince Robson, who died back in 2005, should have been considered as a suspect and worked at the trades club where Lindsay visited just before her disappearance. Again, though, nothing came of this claim, and the same could be said about the 2018 claim by investigative journalists Tim Hicks and Chris Clark that Lindsay Rimmer could have been the victim of a convicted killer, Christopher Halliwell. This was later disproven, however, by DNA. To this day, the person who killed Lindsay Joe Rimmer remains a mystery. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on November 8th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon, or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.